welcome to Podgets. It's episode 20. I should have checked again what episode it was before I started. And I did it again. I did not check. So let me. Yeah, it's episode 24. Two dozen. We did it, guys. We made it to two dozen. We're almost at a quarter century mark. Don't you hate it when when people... I guess like saying a quarter century is meant to make it bigger than it is. But I hate that it's like double math, you know? It's so much math when you could just say 25. When somebody's like, oh, quarter century, you have to do 100 divided by 4. And that's like, you're, you're just forcing math onto people? No, I don't like that. Just say 25. And then let me think about the the implications of the number. Oh, 20. And, and I can, let me be a nerd in my head. If I want to be a nerd, I'll nerd out and be like, oh, well, 20, 25 times 4 is 100. <laughs> and uh, times that by 10, that's 1,000. So... Now you're in four digits, and that's quite impressive, actually. That's my nerd voice, and it's okay to be a nerd. Like what you like, that's what I always say. That's what I always say, like what you like. Always bring a chair, that's what I always say. Let's go through all the things that I always say. I always say, yeah, but who cares? That's what I always say. I always say, I'm checking out. That's what I always say. You know what I say the most of anything is that's what I always say. See? So it's like a meta joke. Now, I have some friends who I always say that's what I always say to them. And they roll their eyes. And I hope they realize that I'm doing a long form meta joke. Where the joke isn't about the thing that I just said I always say. It's that I always say that's what I always say. You know what I'm saying? That's what I always say. Anyways. Okay. Hot two and a half minutes. Wagwan. Um, let's, I'm going to put out a, a call. Someone help me. I need an adult in my life. A manager. Someone to... Help me start earning money <laughs> doing, doing comedy. You can handle all the business stuff. The bookings, my schedule. You can handle the merchandising. You can handle all the intricacies and technicalities of my podcast. Just do all the work that I don't like. And so I can do the stuff that I like. Like sitting around, looking around, farting around, joking around. I just want to be around. And that's what I always say. I just want to be around. That's what I always say. Let me around. Hey, come on. Let me around. Um, I hope you guys liked my psych guess episode Yes, last week. I enjoyed doing it. And I enjoyed sharing... My knowledge of psychology, exercising my memory, which is, I, I feel deeply self-conscious about. And that probably leads to why, like, I'm just so self-conscious about how shitty my memory is. And that it follows 
that, you know, I never really memorized my act. I never wrote down or memorized any of my jokes. And not only does that whole, that mindset, these habits, not only does that lend itself to my always perpetually uh, uh, deteriorating memory, but it like also contributes to the fact that I don't trust my own reality, you know? I dare you to find somebody who questions their own reality and their own memory as much as I do. When you like when you have the memory of a goldfish, people start telling you stories about yourself that you don't even know. Where they're like, What, you don't remember when we lived in Florida for six months? And I'm like, What? When did that happen? And and then they show me pictures and I'm like, holy shit. I mean, I never did live in Florida for six months, but like I can get tricked so easily by people just for fucking, just for, you know, you could tell me something happened and I will believe you at this point because I've been wrong so many times and my memory is that bad and I'm so worried about it. See, right now I have a big top secret gig that I'll be able to announce soon, but it's a secret thing and uh, these big gigs always involve a set list, a a precise, calculated out, timed out, perfectly timed, X amount of minutes set list. And, and I don't play that way. I don't play that. And I do, and, and it's stressful guess. Jesus, is it stressful guess. Because I don't play that, you know? I'm so not used to, like, putting together a set list and timing it out. I love to be loosey-goosey. My jokes aren't the same every single time. A lot of them, like, eventually are similar just through repetition. But, like, I fucks around, all right? And it's so hard for me to (laughs) memorize a set list because I ebb and I flow and I bip and I bop and I dodge and I weave through my set list. And I always forget things. And I go back after my set sometimes and I and the times that I listen to it, which I rarely ever do, because I just move on to the next thing. That's my attention span. I, I listen back sometimes and I'm like, oh, man, I forgot this one punchline and this one tag. Oh, geez, I left this whole part out. But that's just the way it is. I ebb and I flow and I bib and I bop. And I what you get is is the very, very present algus. You get the most present gis that has ever been because I'm always more and more present. Right now, I am more present than I've ever been. And while you're listening to it, this'll be, this is past GIS. So I won't be present this present anymore. I'll be more present, more present GIS, presenter GIS, okay? Time travel GIS. Oh boy, Um, let's move on. So help me. I just need help. I need help with everything. <sighs> I, uh, my hormones have changed. I am now, I have now added testosterone blockers, a very tiny low dose of testosterone blockers to the mix, to the cocktail of meds that I'm on. And, um, it's only been like three days. And they prescribed me a small amount, and I'm taking a half of that. I have to take two pills a day. But I just told you I can't be bothered to remember this stuff. 
I just go glumph and I take all my all my pills, all of them, all at once. And if you've ever seen a quick hot side note, I never learned how to swallow things properly. Take that joke and run to the gutter with it if you want. Get in the gutter. But come back real quick and get your mind out of the gutter for the rest of this. I have a terrible gag reflex. Get your mind out of the gutter, I said. Don't think about it, I said. That's what I always say. Um, don't think about... Just shut up, all right? Don't think about sex when I talk about this. Because I'm not being sexual here. I'm being wholesome. Straight up. I... I choke on pills. If they are a certain size, pills and vitamins, I grew up always chewing them. Talk about privilege. This is the most, this is going to be the most privileged thing of all time, I believe. And that's, I, I never started swallowing pills until I was in like my mid-20s. And I had to start trying. And it was a new sensation to me. I always had chewables. <laughs> It's true. So I have to, every time I take a pill, I have to psych myself up. I have to, it sits in my mouth and I take a big glub of water and I swish it around and I sit there with my cheeks all puffy like I'm a chipmunk with a whole bunch of nuts in there. Get your mind out of the gutter that I have nuts in my mouth. Okay? Stop going to the gutter and stay wholesome with me. Stay on track. Stay wholesome. Okay, so I have nuts in my mouth and my gag reflex. Anyways, I had, so I put the pill in my mouth and I bit, take a big gulp of water and I'm swishing around and you can see me in my eyes. I'm counting down from 10 and I have to cock my head up to the ceiling and it's a whole dramatic thing. It's a whole dramatic thing. And sometimes I fail on the first try and I, and I just gulp just the water. For some reason, my throat is a bouncer at a nightclub and he's like, everybody in, bah, hey, 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 except for you. Except for you, well, yeah, and then the and then the pill is like, but but I'm medicine. I'm I need to come in and help. And, and the bouncer's like, me, 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 me. you're not on the list, <laughs> Advil. But but I'm here to help. You're not on the list. No entry. So I have to glub a whole bunch more water, and try it again. It takes me like two or three tries to swallow pills, guys. Seriously, it's a whole ordeal. When I say I'm a child guess, like thoroughly, all through my, everything I do is child guess. You want to know how I do my bed sheets? I mean, this is a, more of a life hack than anything else. Check this out. I go under the sheets and I take the duvet cover and I, and I spread my arms and legs and toesies and fingies real wide in a big starfish pattern to all four corners of the bed and I pull the corners like that, and I'm under the sheets, and then I just sort of wriggle my way out from underneath. I wriggle. I rob wriggle my way out of the sheets. It's probably hilarious to watch, and I could probably demonstrate, but I'll, I'll, ha I'll have to put on clothes because I sleep naked. Get your mind out of the gutter. We're trying to be wholesome here. That's what I always say. We're trying to be wholesome here. That's what I always say. And that's what I always say. Um, so that's how, I mean, that's probably how kids do their bed. And this is like a trick that I learned 
again, in my mid-20s when I started taking pills, that was a fundamental tectonic shift in my life. And I started doing my bed like that. Pulling the sheets to the corners and then just kind of shimmying. Shimmying out. Rob wriggling. Rob wriggle. Wriggle, 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 wriggle. Yeah. Um, what do I got? I've been meaning to talk about time travel for a long time. And it's finally time that I spoke out about time travel. In cinema. In film and in cinema. Because I dare not tackle this issue with my three-year psych degree, even though I achieved that in five, because I learned more, and I did more of it, more learning. Uh, <laughs> that, to me, is so funny. I don't know. I just think, I don't know if it gets a laugh from you guys, but I do it a lot because that makes me laugh. And that's what I always say. And also that. Um, this is the one where I'm going to try and make myself giggle and chortle. So, come along with me for the ride. But let's get serious for a hot second. Or ranty. Ranty, serious guess. Um, time travel. Listen, I'm kind of losing patience with the time travel in TV shows and movies. Because I know, I've, I understand full well that time travel is a very dicey, complicated issue. So complicated. Time itself is complicated. Time travel? Get the fuck out of here. So, with something so nuanced and mind-bogglingly complex, I just don't like it when TV shows try and take it on and just make up their own fucking rules and then, like, just take liberties with time travel. I've had enough of this! I was watching Loki! And everybody's so crazy about Loki. And I loved the Avengers movies where they traveled in time in Avengers, but then there were like different timelines and shit like that. And But it's like the butterfly effect. If you go back and you squash a butterfly or whatever the butterfly effect means, then you squash a... Then that butterfly... Then you affected so much things in the world through history. That's not the butterfly effect, I know, but... Come on, guys, get on board. I watched Loki and the fucking... And he, like, goes... Uh, they're, like, time cops who fucking... Who, are, who arrest him because he did a bad time jump even though everyone else is jumping across time and they're like, no, you did it bad. We don't like the way you did it because we have a plan. And it sounds like they're just improvising. Like they're me going through a bit and be like... Yeah, you, we're time cops. Hey, what's up? Wow, wow. Whoop, 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 whoop. Call the time cop police. Here they are. Knock, knock, knock. Open up. It's the time police. What is it, officer? You're under arrest. My name is Detective Jones, and this is Sally, Jesse Raphael. The talk show host? No, just pure coincidence that they're named the same thing. She's my partner, you idiot. Anyways, you're under arrest. What for? You did time jumping. You jumped through time. And we here at Time Cop, Inc. Uh, don't like that. Wait a minute, you're incorporated? So, like, you're not a government thing? You're not, like, time police? You're, like, a corporation? Yeah, exactly, but we own time. And you're in it. 
So just by existing in to the time continuum, you are, uh, you belong to us now. And you did bad time jumping, so you're ours. Okay, but what if I do this? Bleep, bloop, bloop, bleep, 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 bloop. And then he jumps back to just before the police knocked on the door. And then it's, it again, uh, open up. It's the time cops. Meanwhile, the culprit is climbing out of his apartment window and uh, running away. And guess what? The time cops knew that was going to happen, so they went back in time and they caught the guy escaping his apartment. See, it's so easy. You can just make shit up as you go and just keep fucking the rules. Just keep fucking the rules sideways. It's a game of badminton. Badminton. <laughs> Have you ever heard somebody pronounce it like that? It's a game of badminton, okay? Where the shuttlecock, get your mind out of the gutter, I said. Anyways, the shuttlecock uh, in badminton, it just gets swatted back and forth. And that's what time travel is in every movie. It's just fucking, uh, you're just making up the rules and then bending and breaking them throughout the narrative. And I'm just annoyed with it. I'm annoyed with it. You have to be super brilliant to take on time travel. And I don't think that all of these mainstream things are brilliant enough. I don't trust it. I don't like it. Get that out of, get on up out of the, my face with that. Maybe it's just that I'm too stupid, but I refuse to believe that, of course. I'm not too stupid. I'm a, I'm a modern, I'm a generational genius. <laughs> Fucking generational genius. But, you know, in the end... I think it takes a certain uh, humility and intellect to admit that you just don't know. And whenever I watch anything that deals with time travel and it starts to get confusing, I get mad. And then I have to, and then I admit to everyone, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. This is confusing to me because I'm questioning the rules that this universe has built upon itself and now it's breaking these rules. And I find this frustrating, and I don't know. I don't know at this point. I'm checking out, because I'm finding it confusing, and it's making me feel silly and stupid, even though it's not my fault, because they are being internally inconsistent. So that is the whole frustrating experience with time travel. Don't do that. Don't be a time cop. Anyways... My roommate and friend and I, uh, he's just one person. It was just the, the two of us. If you thought I was talking about three people, you're wrong. You can be friends with your roommate. It's 2021. Get with the program, guys. All right. We are not a progressive society until we accept the fact that you can be friends with your roommate. End of story. Period. Anyways, my roommate and friend and I, one person, of course. Well, two, if you include me, of course. My roommate and friend and I, one person, um, we wrote... The pre we'll, we like pitched a premise to a sketch to each other, like an animated thing, um, one time called Time Cop. And uh, basically the premise was this guy, <laughs> the sketch idea was this guy who is a time cop uh, is, is sent through time to solve crimes. And it's the classic, he like shows up in the chief's office and the chief is like, we got a time crime, Jones. Uh, head on up into the portal. This is your assignment. Gives him a, f a folder or whatever. He's like, he's, some shenanigans are going down and it, you're the only man for the job. And then Jones is like, all right, chief. 
I never get, this job never gets old. And then the portal opens, but before he jumps through it, he's like, let me just, let me just, uh, fuel up. And then he grabs a large carton of chocolate milk, like, too big, not like a small one, like one that you would put in your fridge for later use over and over again. And he chugs the whole thing down, a big carton of chocolate milk, he chugs it on the spot, and then goes, and, and wipes his mouth aggressively, and then jumps through the time portal, and then... And then it cuts to him emerging on the other side of the time portal in the middle of, like, a bank or something. And, and the alarm is blaring and and shit's flying all over the place. And there are screams in the background. There's panic, obviously. There's just, you know, the crime is happening. And he emerges out of this portal. And he's like, freeze. And then he whips out his gun. But he is clearly very disoriented from the time travel and the chocolate milk that he just chugged. It's sloshing around in his stomach. And he says, he grunts something, of course, to acknowledge that. He's like, shouldn't have drank all that milk. And then then he just pukes, basically, for the rest of the sketch. And the criminals get away. And it happens over and over and over again. Where he, he, he just, he never learns his lesson. And he always wants to, quote unquote, fuel up before he jumps through time. And then he emerges on the other side and is totally disoriented and nauseous and pukes his guts out and then the criminals get away. And that's the time cop sketch. I think it's freaking hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, if you are uh, queasy, then I'll stop making those noises. Oh no, I just closed it. All right, here we go. Uh, let's take, let's, hey, what up? Hey, listeners, check it out. I'm, I'm an adult. I'm trying to be, and part of adulting is networking and, and creating, no man or woman is an island, and I am not island guess, and I get by on the help of my friends, and I love sharing the things that my friends do, so check it out. Um, I want to tell you about another podcast called My Dad Stole My Limelight, and it's hosted by Lauren Deborah, my friend, who I just fucking texted. They go by a different last name in the workplace, and they sent me a work email, and they've been corresponding with me for a month, and this whole time I was like, why is this person talking to me like we're best friends? And it turns out she's one of my best friends! Just I didn't know her last name because my memory. And I freaking knew this in the background of my mind somewhere. But I called her the and I texted her to be like, hey, do you know who this person is? Is it you? I'm such an idiot. No wonder I don't get time travel. Anyways, back to the read. Uh, Her podcast is called My Dad Stole My Limelight. And uh, so basically the premise is Lauren never had a coming out as bisexual As when she truly accepted her sexuality, her dad came out as bisexual first and stole her limelight. So, scientifically, does bisexuality run in the family? Huh. I don't know. Maybe that's a topic for Lauren to discuss with her father. We'll see. Maybe that might be on an episode. Oh boy, I'm really fucking butchering this. In each episode of My Dad Stole My Limelight, Lauren interviews two people together. 
someone who has come out, and someone who they have come out to. And it wraps each episode with guests telling funny stories about a time someone stole their limelight. And each week, they discover more about their most authentic selves and find themselves being more visibly, comfortably queer. So, if even though uh, Pride Month is over, you're still gay, and some of you are still gay. Pride Month was happening and you were all gay. Sorry, you're gay. You're gay. But now that Pride Month is over, some of you are not gay anymore. But maybe you are a little gay. It doesn't matter if you're gay or not. Just listen to it. <laughs> listen to it. It's good. It's funny. It's charming. The guests are sick. You can find them on social media, MDSML Pod, and listen to it wherever you get podcasts. Just abbreviate My Dad Stole My Limelight. M-D-S-M-L pod. And uh, find them anywhere. There you are. So, hmm. <laughs> <sighs> is there a, I, I dare you to find an instrument funnier than anything with air air horns man if we were to categorize uh funny instruments by category of course <laughs> if we were to organize funny instruments by category like nothing would beat air instruments can you make a f any funnier noises than air instruments? Row. 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 Really, I, I think it's just because of farting. I think that's probably the only reason why. Because you because farting deals with air. And we make noises with air. And farting is air that comes out of your bum in a funny sound and the best way to duplicate that is with air instruments so i really think my theory my hypothesis is that air instruments are the funniest because of farting and i'm gonna uh defend this thesis at the university of waterloo next weekend for my phd in music and comedy theory I dare you to find me a funnier instrument, though. I guess all instruments are air, truly, because sound waves don't... I mean, they no, sound can exist in water, too. They're vibrations, aren't they? In the molecules. <laughs> it's not like... It's not... I don't know, I guess you're using air to move the waves... They move in uh, the airwaves, but it's a wavelength. Sound isn't sound isn't matter. Sound is not matter. That's right. Okay. So, but air is shit. Oh, I don't know. Somebody sciency, debunk this myth. Debunk me. I'm gonna have a scientist on someday. I'm gonna have guests, maybe. I don't know. Do you guys want me to put on guests? I'm going to do another episode with my roommate and friend. One person, of course. Uh, we will share two mics or one mic. Um, 
I don't want a room full of, what, three people on this podcast? Get out of here. That would be chaos. So I'm going to have my roommate and friend. One person, of course, it's 2021. It's okay to be friends with your roommate. Um, and if you are, and if you are friends with your roommate, listen to my dad stole my limelight. Because <laughs> we're, it's progress. And we are where we are in society today. Okay. What? There is no funnier instrument than a tuba, I think. Because it's brow, brow, and it's low brow. It's brow and it's it makes and it makes a brow in a low sound and it sounds like a fart so everything about it is low brow you get what i'm saying i'm being so witty in an inarticulate way so i'm going to need you to do some heavy lifting here in terms of making the connections for this joke to work but tuba makes a brow noise in a low uh, octave brow and it sounds like a fart and it makes you think of a fart. And that's why you laugh. And so tuba, the tuba is lowbrow humor. Brow. Um, you get it? <laughs> Should I explain more? Um, let's talk about the kids. Um, I, I do have notes. I do got some notes. <clears throat> two things, two more things I want to talk about. Um, for all the listeners out there that have children, I don't know if you if you got kids. I don't know if you do. I was looking at the the uh, stats. My um, podcast listener stats, and the biggest listening demographic are uh, people around my age, millennial-ish. And then we've got some young youngins, younger. All are welcome, no matter what your age. Hey, what's your age? Yell it out right now, no matter where you are. If you're in public, just yell, I'm 33. Just yell it and, and see what happens. I think that would be fun. If you're going to yell anything spontaneously in public, just yell your age and see how people respond. Because it's not, and, and yell it as neutrally as you can. So that nobody thinks it's your birthday or something. You have to be like, I'm 33. You know? And don't have headphones in so people don't think that uh, you're talking to someone. You're just yelling your age. I think that's something we need to start doing as a society. Everybody just sort of yelling things at random about themselves. I like white cheddar mac and cheese. You know? Um, I need to tweeze my eyebrows. And I have a laser hair removal appointment tomorrow. So that's fun. I'm starting to grow tits. <laughs> so that'll be weird. Having somebody pointing a laser gun at my new sensitive boobies. They're not even really boobies yet. They're puffy marshmallow cones. Little, my nipples are puffy marshmallow cones. Get your mind out of the gutter. Well, I mean, where else are you going to put them? I'm talking about my nipples. Jesus. Okay. 
Let's talk about I may I was I was angry, I was upset earlier about time travel. Let's get real about a few other movie magic idiot stupid movie media things like this. How many times have you seen in movies and forgive me if I've spoken about this already, but like a a hero or a villain picking someone up by the neck with a single hand and like holding them and having a whole conversation sometimes. It's like, do you ever think about the muscles that go into that? Like, I swear to God, put, like, lift up a full trash can the same way heroes do. Lift up a, uh, I don't know, I'm looking around my room. Lift up a bookshelf, a small bookshelf that is roughly, lift up your bedside table with drawers and stuff in it. And imagine, like, anything that's vaguely human weight. Lift it up with your just using one arm, with your delts outstretched. There are, like, two or three muscles at work, and they're all little tiny ones. They're all, I mean, it's not like you're lifting with the legs. You're lifting with your arm. So I don't like that when I see that. When I see Batman do it to someone, I'm like, Batman? No. Maybe Superman. Because he can, whatever, he's, he's OP. He's overpowered, Superman. But Spider-Man, uh, Batman, any of the mans, Blankman. Hello, I'm Earl Batman. I'm an attorney. I always thought that would be funny if somebody's last name was Batman. Spelled as Batman, so when people like look at his license or whatever they do I have to do a double take but it's like now it's batman my name's earl batman i'm here for the foot massage yes uh you know and you're in the dentist's office um mr batman yeah that's me i'm earl batman um <clears throat> where was i oh yeah picking people up by the neck this is the other thing about, uh, I mean, Batman specifically. If I could just digress for a moment. Batman, this is my thing with Bat with Batman. So, he has a very strict no-killing policy, right? That's kind of, uh, he, is, he has very strict, inflexible morals around how he conducts his crime fighting. Crime fighting. Do you ever, do you ever, like, when there are two words together, you stress the wrong one? Crime fighting. He's my favorite crime fighter. Hey, don't blow, don't blow past that stop sign. <laughs> I'm gonna go to my room and play a little keyboard. Video games. Like, you gotta stress the second word. I dare you guys to start doing that. Where it's not, I'm trying to think of more examples. But I, my favorite, those are my favorites that I think of every once in a while. Uh oh, look out for that stop sign. Keyboard. <laughs> Crime fighter. So, um, Batman and his crime fighting. Uh, <laughs> why is that so silly to me? Batman and the crime fighter. Uh, when he beats people up, 
So he has these like crazy rules around and he will never ever kill, right? And that's the thing that he and Joker have going on where Joker is like no limits, no morals. He tests boundaries, limits, and his morality. Joker doesn't want to kill Batman. He wants to fuck with his consistency and his moral consistency. That's like the cool relationship that they have, you know? <clears throat> but But Batman does these things to the criminals that like... Sometimes you wonder if maybe death would have been better. Like, I play these Batman games, like Arkham Asylum, and the Arkham series, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, I think. These Batman games where he never kills, but he, like, horribly maims. He's got these finishing moves that are like, that guy will be drinking through a straw for the rest of his life. That man will need a full replacement of the lower half of his face. Man. Like, he, he like, twists people's legs and shit in ways that you can't untwist that. Just to amputate the leg. So, like, while he never killed anybody, and he'll tell you so, I never killed anyone. Everyone's, everyone that I beat up is alive. And you're like, alright, Batman, Batman, maybe you should smoke less cigarettes. She tasted like cigarettes. But he's like, he's, but behind him he's got this trail of like horribly maimed people. And one other thing, I mean in the video games I always thought it was funny that he, you could just clear out a room of villains with your crime fighting. And you beat, him up, you beat up a whole mob of bad guys, and then Batman doesn't, he just fucking flies away, he just runs away, and he's like, I gotta get to the, I gotta get to the thing, I gotta get to the bomb, you know, just leaving these guys kind of lying around, so the people whose legs he didn't snap in twain, the guys who he just concussed, are just gonna get back up and do crime again, so in those games, you like, you, you beat the shit out of the penguin, after a boss battle or whatever, and then Batman Batman will put his finger in his ear and be like, Hey, can you send the police to this location? I just beat up the penguin. And then he, and then he just fucking runs off. And then later in the game, the penguin is back, and he's like, Meh, see, you didn't, you didn't get me. Actually, the penguin in the games has a really sick uh, Cockney British accent. He's like, Oi, oi, mate. You didn't, you didn't bother chaining me to no pipe. <laughs> I'm a penguin, eh? Want some bangers and mash? So he doesn't even chain these guys and he just fucking... And then Batman has the nerve to be like, Penguin, I'm sick of you always escaping. You're like, Batman, you have a fucking utility belt with a million things. You can hack into the mainframe. If you can hack into the mainframe, you can handcuff the penguin to a pipe in in the room or to a door so that the police can get there and get him. Or just stick around and wait for them to arrive. I don't know. These are things that, you know, I think a lot of people must think about. Either that or it's just my critical comedian brain. When you look at things and you're like, but, 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 but. You know, you're not supposed to think about these things that deeply. And we do. 
man, it's been threatening to rain all day, and I did not go to the grocery store for that reason. And it's supposed to thunderstorm in a, in less than an hour, and I've I was wanted to go to the grocery store three hours ago, and it didn't rain, and I just wanted it to rain so I feel justified in my laziness putzing around the house. All right, five minutes left. There's one more thing that I want to talk about. Um, I talked about I was talking about kids, right? And then I didn't talk about kids, and I pivoted. So let's pivot back to kids. So I don't know if you have kids, but um, oh, last week when I was doing sight guess. I mentioned, and this is the only episode that I actually listened back to in my life, pretty much. So it was a relearning experience for me. And I listened back and I made one point that it was like, you know, I see these videos and everybody's comments are the same. Everybody everybody thinks more or less the same. And um, this kind of relates. So do you guys remember Harambe and when a kid fell into the gorilla pen? And Harambe was just sort of chilling with him, but everybody was freaking out because obviously this is an animal and uh, they, you know, you can't, they're unpredictable. They're harder to predict. Maybe Harambe could have killed this child. So as, as a precaution, they killed Harambe, <laughs> which I mean, not to be get all morbid or whatever, but what was Harambe's net worth versus this kid's? All right, you know what I mean? So, uh, I think they shot the wrong primate. But anyways, oh, so dark. Um, but I remember when that happened, so many people went after the mom, and they are like, what kind of irresponsible mother would let her kid, would, like, lose track of her kids so much that the kid fell into a dangerous animal's exhibit? What the mother should never see her kid again, and you know how extremely people speak like that, you know. But it's like, have you ever, have you ever fucking been a child? You know how how slithery and and elusive children are. Are you fucking kidding? If you've spent five minutes in public with a kid babysitting, you know how wild and and unpredictable they are. They're more unpredictable than a 800-pound gorilla. Fuck out of here. And you gotta keep... And, like, I think this mother had, like, three kids. You add... Every kid that you add is exponentially more difficult. People being like, oh, the mom didn't raise her child correctly if it's so rambunctious and it's gonna go run around, jump into animal pens. You're like, some things are just out of the parents' fucking control. You can only, man, my nose is getting stuffier and stuffier as I go, and I really don't like it. It's bothering me. Look, my point is, um, when we were young, my brother got his head stuck in a roll of carpet at a carpet store. He got his head stuck in a roll of carpet, and... There was nothing we could do, so we left him there, and now I don't have a brother anymore. Um, <laughs> no, but for real, my brother got his big idiot six-year-old head 
He just... <laughs> he just led with his head. And good for him. He led with his head. And he went and fucked around and he shoved his head in a carpet roll. And he got it stuck at the store. And I don't remember any of this. Obviously, because I'm two years younger, so I would have been even smaller. And, um... And, of course, my memory, being what it is. But but this is, like, the story, you know, my family tells. And my mom tells the story about my brother getting his head stuck in this carpet roll. <laughs> and I like to think that uh, they had to call firefighters in to, to, help, to help release him from this carpet. I just love imagining firefighters and, and like, the big red truck taking up eight parking spaces out front, just parked diagonally across the parking lot, siren still on, and then, you know, my brother with his, with his big red ears just crying in the middle of this carpet store while the firefighters stand around him, waggling their fingers at my mom. My mom had a lot to deal with, man, five kids running around, I got four siblings, dude. So, like, that's a lot to manage. And most of us were well-behaved, but my brother alone and me at times, you know, kids fucking act up. That's all I'm saying is it's hard to keep track of your kids. So if one of them winds up in the gorilla pen, don't go blaming yourself. Don't blame your parenting. It's just your stupid kid. It's just your stupid kid. And just remember, whenever you think of the kid who fell into Harambe's pen, just think of my brother. <laughs> Getting his head stuck in a carpet roll at a carpet store. And humiliating the family name <laughs> forevermore. Oh, anyways. Oh, I got a thing to promote. <clears throat> I'm going to be promoting this thing now. So, I've got big news that I will announce uh, next week. And by the time I announce it, it will have passed. So, kind of silly, but I'm not allowed talking about it. It's top secret. I've been sworn to contractual secrets, secrecy, but I can tell you about this. Um, in September, I recorded and I uh, recorded an episode. I recorded a set that will appear on the stand-up show with John Doerr. That's the title of the show. It's season three. I am on it, and I did a set, and it's going to be on CTV Comedy. It airs on. Monday, August 23rd at 10.30 p.m. That's Monday, August 23rd at 10.30 p.m. on CTV, CTV Comedy. I'm proud of it. I'm super proud of it. I mean, the audience was 50% mannequins because we were we uh, taped it in September. Sorry, that was the two donuts I had for breakfast. Um, we taped it in September. And it was when it was like a soft open during COVID, so indoors were supposed to be 50% capacity, so I performed to half an audience and half mannequins. And uh, since I'm out of time, I will let you, I will let that simmer, and I will tell more about that next week. So uh, get pumped for that. I'm pumped about it. I think it was a great set. I close on my biggest closer that I've had for like a decade now. And it's terrifying. I'm taking a leap of faith by burning it. And now I need to write a new goddamn closer. So, you know, never stop hustling. That's what I always say. Okay? 
Never stop partying. That's what I always say. And that's what I always say. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Um, that is it for Podgus. We will see you next week when it will be a quarter of a century. A quarter century Podgus. But I'm not going to remember what episode it is, and I'm probably going to say that because my memory is of, of, of a fish. Okay, um, no recap today. I think that was recap enough. I called back like three or four jokes there. Hey, enjoy your week. Get out there into the sun and smile. Even when you don't feel like it, do a fake smile and you'll feel so much like a jackass that you'll start smiling for real. Hot tip, life hack. There you go. Also do your bed starfish style like me. Okay, Podgus, that's enough. Okay, bye.